What's up, y'all? Tanner Demling back with y'all again for another episode of the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Y'all can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, anywhere where you get your podcast. Subscribe, like, and leave us a rating. Check out the site, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season on social media at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Now, loaded week one here, as you uh, can tell. And again, I'll preface this, uh, lacrossebucket.com, we have a what to watch piece up for NCAA week one. We'll do that throughout the season, just as uh, I've done with the NLL. So we'll do the same thing there. Um and it will always have a schedule linked uh, or posted down at the bottom. Uh, we'll have stream links on there as well. Um, still have to update a few, but for the most part, I've gotten all of them on here so far. Um, plenty of games to watch this weekend. Uh, but some of the key ones... That you might want to pay attention to. Uh, so first off, LIU making their Division One debut. Uh, they play Siena. Uh, they're hoping to get a W, unlike oh, what happened with Merrimack last weekend. Uh, Holy Cross looked pretty good in their openers. They took down Merrimack, uh, spoiling their Division One debut. LIU will take on Siena in their Division One debut. Uh, we'll see how well they translate to D2 to D1. Uh, see what we can expect of them. And LIU will not have to, uh, I know I've had some questions about this, they do not have to sit out. Right, so they can play in the postseason this year. Merrimack can't because LIU, they combined the LIU Brooklyn, which was already Division One. And LIU Post, which was Division Two, they combined those two athletic departments to make one LIU. So there's still two different campuses, but it's one athletic department. So I believe like lacrosse and all that, lacrosse football is on the LIU Post campus. And I believe it's like basketball, women's basketball, and some other sports are on the LIU Brooklyn campus. So... It's one athletic department, and since one was already Division One, the sports that are being elevated to Division One do not have to sit out of uh, that four-year grace period, as Merrimack does with their entire division, with their entire athletic department being elevated to Division One. Obviously, besides uh, ice hockey, which already was Division One. Yeah, I don't. I don't believe they have a, D, a D2. Ice hockey, by the way. Um, which is D3 and D1. Um, but anyway, that is, that's the whole situation there. Some other storylines to follow here this weekend. Um, so I mentioned the LIU-Siena game. Syracuse and Colgate. Um, this will be the debut. So these two Friday games are, 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 are interesting to me. Syracuse-Colgate, obviously the debut. 
of Chase Scanlon with the Orange, uh, Pat March as the OC at Syracuse, and uh, Tucker Dordovic, the midfielder who sat out last year as a sophomore, uh, will be back for Syracuse as well. Um, Colgate got uh, got the butts handed to him against North Carolina. They actually upset Syracuse in the Dome last year. Uh, they're looking to do that again, but from what I saw last week, I don't think they're going to have it in it in them this year. You know, last week I was being a little generous, saying, you know, Colgate they you know they were a good team uh, a year prior. Took some losses they shouldn't have lost. Um, but they could maybe give the Tall Heels some fits. They didn't give them anything. Um, I I expect the same here against Syracuse. Navy in Manhattan. 6 o'clock Friday night. Um, That is Jim Ampelow's debut as the head coach at Navy. Um, I'm really interested to to see what they do there. Kind of their defense, I think, is really what needed the most work from last season. Uh, so we'll see what uh, what they can do against Manhattan and uh, some of the adjustments that they have made thus far. Um, I think you no know, Amplo is is a very good head coach. You saw what he built at Marquette. We'll see if he can uh, rebuild uh, one of the historical powers of. College lacrosse now. On Saturday, a couple games of interest. Um, Army and UMass, two teams that are don't not necessarily looking for a new identity, but um, are looking for you know Army. They lose Johnny Sodic. I think their defense is still going to be fine though. Those service academies, uh, especially Army. Always has um, a very good defense. Uh, you have Brendan Nickton returning as a freshman. Uh, UMass, you know, they lose some guys, uh, most notably Sean Scanone and Goal. Um, and then Isaac Papalo at LSM, who was kind of the motor of that team last year. Uh, but they, I, I really like what. This UMass team brings back on offense. I think it's going to be a good test uh, week one against an Army defense that is maybe looking for a new identity, uh, new leadership with Sodic gone. So uh, having guys um, like Devin Spencer uh, for UMass to go up against, I think is going to be a good test for Army um, with some new faces on defense there. Um, also mentioned, uh, Barreto is gone in goal as well. Uh, one of my favorite goalies to watch over the past couple of years uh, there for the Black Knights. So that, that'll be uh, one of interest. Good test there for the Black Knights and for the uh, the Minutemen as well. as both kind of searching for new new identities with some new faces leading the way this year. And then I'm going to talk about all these games kind of as one here. Uh, the SoCon versus the ACC slash Big Ten. High Point takes on Duke. Then we have so UNC and Mercer. Uh, nothing will come of that. 
Um, you know, no disrespect to Mosa, but nothing looks to be coming of that. Um, they just beat up on a D2 team last weekend, and Mosa is a, a younger squad. I don't really expect much from there. Uh, Richmond host Maryland. So High Point host Duke, Richmond host Maryland. Those are the two big SoCon games this weekend. Um, and well, then also um, Air Force host Denver. We'll see if some SoCon teams can um, pull off some upsets. You know, we saw what the Falcons could do last weekend with guys like Brendan Dodd and Brendan Host and Goal. Um, really, really just leading the Falcons past the Blue Devils. Um, Duke and High Point, I think, is going to be the most interesting one. Um, I don't expect Richmond to upset Maryland, per se, but I think High Point might have any of them to take down Duke, especially as they start to kind of search. You know, Joe Robertson is out for the rest of the year. Um, as they kind of search for some momentum on offense. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Um, so some interesting SoCon versus, I guess you could say, Blue Blood matchups this weekend. Just as we had in Week Zero, uh, we'll see if we have any more upsets here. Um, and probably the two biggest games of this weekend. Um, so I'll, I'll mention this one here real quick. Villanova and Penn State. Um I expect Penn State to win this one. They absolutely annihilated Villanova last year. But I don't necessarily expect Villanova to get annihilated. Um, I think it'll be, it could be a double-digit win for Penn State. But I don't think Villanova is necessarily as far off this year as they were last year, especially defensively. With, uh, I believe they have a sophomore goalie in cage this year, so we'll see uh, what the Wildcats can do against the Nittany Lions. Rutgers and St. John's, uh, that one was a close one last year. I don't necessarily expect the same this year. Uh, Rutgers had 13 different scorers last weekend. Uh, 13 guys put the ball in the back of the net. They put up 20 points. You know, this is a Rutgers offense that's looking like a buzzsaw. Um, mentioned in my uh, top transfer performances from Week Zero article that, um, you know, Stephen Russo transferred from uh, Cleveland State. He got the starting nod for Rutgers and, um, Looked very good, so I expect him to put another good performance up for the Scarlet Knights this weekend. So, kind of the two games that I think a lot of people are keying in on, um, outside of some of the ones I've already talked about, are uh, Johns Hopkins and Towson, and Virginia and Loyola. Obviously, Hopkins and Virginia, and Towson and Loyola. Name, brand, teams, and lacrosse. Hopkins, uh, we'll see what they do. I don't 
So here's the thing. Joey Epstein has been seen kind of with a boot on at some scrimmages this winter. Uh, we'll see if he gets if 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 he if he even suits up. Towson, they got a lot of questions, but I do think they still have enough talent to compete and be at the top of the CAA this year. Um, I should mention Hopkins is thirty and three all time against the Tigers. Three of those wins, uh, all three of those wins coming within the past five years as they have uh, rotated each year who's won the game. Between those two. Virginia coming off a national title. I think Virginia is probably the most complete team in the country just because they have talent on both ends, whereas I think Penn State is more of an offensive-heavy team and they don't have as much depth, um, deep quality talent on the defensive end outside of Colby Kinesen goal. Uh, but I do think Virginia has that. You look at Sawstad. I will want to see how he looks, if he's gimpy at all uh, from being out with an injury this fall. You have Alex Road returning in cage. He was up and down a bit last year, got pulled for Patrick Bergenshaw, who is now at Penn. So we'll see uh, what Road does in his uh, season debut. And Virginia, they return one of the best offenses in the country. Um, you saw what they did last year, absolutely uh, dominating. You know, it wasn't, was not no Penn State numbers, but uh, they put up, they, no, <laughs> they, they put up some points last year for sure. Um, getting out in the ride, really using that transition game uh, with Matt Moore, Michael Kraus, Laviano, got Doc Saken coming back. Uh, so, a lot of guys, you know, they returned the top five scores. Um, Xander Dixon, I, I expect to see him more uh, this season as that third attackman should probably step in there with Mikey Herring gone. Uh, Jared Connors, senior LSM slash defenseman. Uh, we'll see what he does. He's kind of the motor of this team. And Loyola, you know, they lose Pat Spencer. Um they still and Chase Scanlon. They still got Kevin Lindley. They still got Aiden Olmstead. So I'm not too too worried about this um, about this Loyola team, as I know a lot of people are. But um, I do think this is I do think this is still going to be a good game. Is it going to be as good of a game as it was last? Well, actually, last year was a pretty bad game. Uh, Loyola won seventeen to nine, and then Virginia kind of put it together there. Um, in the middle of the season to help them go on that stretch and uh, win the national title. But um, we'll see how things go here for the Greyhounds and the Cavaliers as they face each other in one of week one's most uh, hyped-up matchups each year. Now, another game I do want to mention, I think this is going to be if you had asked me, uh, and I'll end with this, if you had asked me what is going to be a sneaky good game this weekend, uh, Lehigh and Utah, I will point you in that direction. Lehigh and Utah. 
Colin Burke put up six points, I believe it was, in his debut with the with Utah after transferring from Fairfield last season. Sat out in twenty nine. Well, he technically transferred like in February. Uh, sat out last year and came back this year with Utah. Uh, he's fifth all time in scoring, I believe, or somewhere in the top five at Fairfield of all time. Uh, he had six points, two goals over the weekend, four assists. Uh, and he looked really, really good in that offense. Again, they have guys like Josh Stout who can really, really, uh, you know, create space, put the ball in the back of the net. I think this is a Utah team. It's a much improved Utah team from a year ago um, in their debut. But uh, Lehigh, this is a team that, Right now, in a cloudy Patriot League, I'm kind of pegging them to be the ones that can go all the way. Now, they lose a lot on offense. They lose their top five scorers from last season. Oh, four of their top five. Return Tommy Schelling at attack as a, as, a, as a sophomore. Return Andrew Eichelberger at midfield. Cole Coast returns. He had a good freshman campaign. The big thing for them, Teddy Luggett is back as well on defense. Um, Connor Gaffney at the faceoff dot. They do lose Craig Chick, which is a big, big loss for that defense. But two of the biggest things for them is Andrew Patet is back as a fifth-year senior. He got that medical redshirt. So he's me leading the offense from the attack spot. James Spence is back as a junior goalie. I thought he played fantastic last year. This is a Lehigh team that you've got to watch this year, especially in a Patriot League that I mentioned is pretty cloudy. They started off absolutely terrible last season. They started off terrible. One and three in February last season. They go on a couple, they go on a run in the middle of the year. They took some losses late in the year, ended up not making it into the NCAA tournament, losing to Army in the Patriot League championship game. I definitely I think this is a team that has the potential to go to the NCAA tournament with the talent that they bring back. So Lehigh and Utah, um, for me, that's 1 p.m. It's on it's on stadium or the Patriot League Network on Stadium. That is the one for me, the one o'clock game. If you're asking, you know, we're, you know, we're gonna have UNC and Mosul on the on on the television. Who we pull up uh, besides Hopkins and Towson? Who do you pull up on on the computer to stream uh, Lehigh and Utah for sure? That one should be a good one. As that is all for this weekend's weekend preview podcast here from Lacrosse Bucket. As always, find us on social media at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, lacrossebucket.com, where it's always lacrosse season. Weekend preview show here, Tanner Dimling with y'all. And um, starting off here with the NLL, and I won't mention this, I've recorded this entire segment. And then it got lost somehow. So um, this is going to be a bit shorter. I just recorded 
you know, all segment and the NCAA went go to put it went put it all together. And LL segment is gone. So, um, this is going to be a bit shorter than I intended it to be. Um, but uh, blame it on technology. So, weekend 11 here in the NLL. Games this weekend starting on Friday at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Buffalo at Vancouver. Saturday, February 8th. Uh, 8.30 p.m., Colorado at Saskatchewan, and 9.30, New York at Calgary. On Sunday, we will see two afternoon games, 2 o'clock and 3 o'clock p.m., uh, all times Eastern, by the way, Vancouver at Rochester, and Buffalo at Toronto. couple things of interest here. Um, one, you know, Colorado-Saskatchewan, that rivalry, they, this is their third game. They've split both games. Um, it's 1-1 right now. It was a close defensive battle in the first one. Last The last meeting, which was three weeks ago, was a bit balanced in the first there. Colorado, in the first half, Colorado runs away with it. In the end, gets a 12-6 victory. Saskatchewan kind of tried to get things going again at the end, but... They just could not get it going. Um, Colorado coming off of two straight losses, uh, including a 17-10 loss against San Diego in Las Vegas last weekend. They also lost at home against Buffalo in overtime two weekends excuse me, two weekends ago. Uh, Buffalo got up pretty big, I believe, if I remember correctly, in that one. And uh, Colorado came back and Tied it. Corey Small put in the game one for Buffalo. So uh, Saskatchewan coming off of two week, two bye weeks. So some interesting dynamic there uh, with both teams. This is the last meeting of the season. They've split the season series so far. Uh, they're the top two teams in the West Division. Colorado sitting one game behind Saskatchewan. This is going to be one. Um, I know it's just week 11, but like this is one that's going to help decide, possibly decide the West uh, with both teams sitting up there at the top. Uh, you have, uh, Vancouver is actually third in the West, and we'll talk about them right now as they will play. Buffalo and Vancouver both have a unique situation this weekend. They play in Vancouver on Friday night. They play back East. Both teams go back East for a Sunday uh, afternoon matchup. Vancouver plays Rochester. Buffalo plays Toronto. Vancouver's hot right now. They're pretty hot. Their defense is playing good. They have Eric Penny solidified as their starter, released Aaron Bold a few weeks ago. Really solidifying Eric Penny as the starter. And he's, he's shown himself. They've got an offense that looks like it's starting to put itself together. You know, they take a lot of they take a lot of shots. They're starting to take some higher quality shots. Um, and you know, you've got Keegan Ball, Mitch Jones, and then also Sam Coyle, um, who I thought has played pretty well over the past. Uh, played very well last weekend. Uh, the rookie. 
So a lot of things going right for Vancouver right now, um, especially on the defensive end. They're out loose balling like every team that they play. They've been doing that all year long. So that is uh, those you know, two teams of Buffalo and Vancouver. I uh, honestly think that could be a good one there. And Buffalo, I didn't even mention this, they're, they are on a five-game winning streak looking to make it to seven games this weekend. Um, I think they're probably the – when you look across the league, I think Buffalo right now is probably one of the most balanced teams just because of how much chemistry they seem to have, especially on the offensive end, especially when you consider the injuries that they had coming into the season. But to see guys like Chase Frazier really step up, um, and then you know the known commodities, Josh Byrne, Corey Small, Dane Smith, this offense, it's a it's an electric offense. It was an electric offense, but they're really putting the pieces together night in and night out and getting some really quality wins here. Now, I think they wanna I think the one thing with Buffalo is they wanna see um let's get up and not let teams come back in. Uh, but, you know, Matt Vince is one of the best goalies in the world. Uh, he one of the best of all time, uh, to be honest with you. And when you have him in goal, um, I don't think there's a question in my mind that you you don't have the ability to win a game because Matt Vince is in goal. Uh, so I think they could possibly walk away with two wins this weekend. I think Vancouver could as well. Uh, so Buffalo at Vancouver, definitely one to watch. Um, you're looking at, at Sunday's games. I think Buffalo at Toronto is the one to watch there. Uh, Toronto, they're Toronto's kind of starting to play their own unique style a bit. Um, and it seems to be kind of working for them. You know, you had Tom Schreiber out for what was it a game or so? Uh, he's back, he's been back in the lineup for a few weeks now. I mean, they just have a lot of guys here that are, are, are really contributing. And you saw you know, Zach Manns is doing well as a rookie. Um, Challen Rogers playing well on the defensive end. Brad Cree. Nick Rose uh, playing very well in goal. He had a good game last weekend. I don't think Nick Rose has been as good as he was last year. I think he's been down a bit at times. Uh, but last weekend, you know, they beat Halifax and they showed what they can do. So, uh, Buffalo at Toronto, three o'clock on Sunday. That is a much must-watch game. Uh, Colorado at Saskatchewan is actually the game of the weekend that is free on BR Live, Facebook, and Twitter. Last game that uh, I'm gonna look at here um, before we go in. Before I move on to this next segment, uh, I mentioned this wasn't gonna be this was gonna be a quicker one as I already recorded a 20-minute segment of this, uh, but got lost in the process somehow. Uh, literally just did it. Go to put it in there. Not on there. But I digress again. Uh, New York at Calgary. I think I saw somewhere said Calgary hasn't had a full roster. All year. All year. Obviously, we know the Dane Dobie situation. We know he's Dutch, hasn't been back, what, one, two games now? 
Yeah, two games. They beat Halifax. Uh, they were up big against Halifax. Halifax came back and won. Uh, Toronto beat Halifax last weekend to give them their first loss of the season. But we know Calgary can compete. They won the championship last year. Christian Del Bianco is one of the best young goaltenders in the league. You have Curtis Dixon. You have these Dutch. You got a lot of guys like that. That can make a difference. You got different maker, difference makers on both ends. They're, they're sitting last in the West, but I don't expect that to last. Um, I don't believe that, that for one second that they're the worst team in the West. So I think they definitely... Like, I, I, I don't see... The Riptide, and I'll mention this: the Riptide in the in the in the Nighthawks. To me, the Nighthawks uh, show this more, but the Riptide show flashes of it. Remember Philadelphia last year? They couldn't get over the hump. They played very very well in games, but they couldn't get over the hump. They just could not do it. They were in games the entire way. They'd blow it late, or they'd blow it early. They just could not get over that hump. That's kind of what I'm seeing from Rochester and the Riptide. Now, I see it more in the Nighthawks than I do the Riptide. Because the Nighthawks have a solid, sound defense. They have two goalies they can start. And Steve Fryer and uh, Craig Wendy, who I had on the show, uh, two weeks ago. So, that's a difference there. Is their back end. I think the back end is the entire difference between those two teams. Now, obviously, one has Sean Evans, one doesn't. That That's a big difference as well. Uh, Sean Evans, I believe, is fifth all-time now in assist. Um, if he plays another three, four, five years, he could, uh, he, he, he could, he's on par, and he continues to play like he is playing now. He could get John Tavares's or reach John Tavares's uh, all-time scoring record, which I honestly never thought was possible for anyone. Just how astronomical those numbers are. But back to the Riptide here. I, there's no, there's absolutely no way I see them taking down Calgary, and this is in Calgary too. I, I, I just cannot see that. Just cannot see that happening. Not at all. So that is, uh, that's it for the kind of the weekend preview here. I know it's a quicker one than usual in the NLL. Now I move over here, uh, move over to the NCAA segment as they are moving into week one there. <laughs> 